morning, everyone, and welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy, Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. It's Friday, so last night we had a, it, it was a football game. We could certainly call it a football game that happened between the Broncos and the Chiefs. Plus, you know, since Friday's the last show of the Wake and Take week, we have to preview Sunday's games. It's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. Also got a very, very special guest joining me, so why don't we sit back Relax, sip our coffee, and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I am joined with the man himself, the great Alan Seslowski. You've seen him on Sonic Truth. You see him on the Rotowire podcast. You see him on the SiriusXM airwaves all over on all sorts of other shows. You see Alan everywhere. He's doing great stuff. Alan, how you doing? But my favorite show to be seen on is the uh, Jason Wake and Take show. As you know, I'm, I'm an everyday listener. So um, I'm doing this as yeah. a passion appearance. I, I love it here. I love what you do. Uh, I hate reading. Uh, I've always hated reading. Uh, and I love listening to what went on the day before. So let's, uh, let, I, to be part of it, man. You're, you're easy to, to, to work with. I, I love uh, hanging with you, my friend. In fact, I told you when you were on the Rotowire podcast, yes. somehow that ended up being our most downloaded episode of the season. Not Podfather when he came on, not Theo Greminger when he came on, not, you know, we've had all these great guests that have been doing it for decades. And then Jason comes on, ends up being our most downloaded podcast of the summer. You got some magic, my friend. I, I just want to ride your coattails a little bit here. I, I, you told me that, and I'm still just blown away. The fact that you even listen to the show blows me away. I, I love what you do, of course, on the Sonic Truth, but your other shows as well. I mean, it, it is, it, it is just great to hear, man. I, I'm glad that a, yeah. I'm on the right path, and I'm glad that you also appreciate me. Yeah, <laughs> just, don't so don't screw this episode up, okay? Anyway, about to screw this episode up. We'll see how this goes. I try to share my screen every episode, and as everyone listening should know, or is about to know. There were some fireworks last night from the great Steve Smith Sr., so I kind of want to play this video. Then we can talk about it a little bit. Out to him? And he got a different reaction. I called out to him because uh, on my podcast, Cut To It, I just talked about guys that maybe have not uh, showed up in a way or in a manner. And so the word that I've used uh, to describe him in the past was a jag, just a guy. And so when I saw him, he's playing well. I wanted to say to him face to face, like, hey, I know I said some things in the past I probably shouldn't have, and I'm sorry. That's what I wanted to say to him. His response, Mike Rob and Bucky, you can was you can ninja. Ninja. Yes, I'm using the word ninja. That's I'm just using the word ninja. I don't mess with you. And it was a it was a curse word. And so I was like, all right. And then he repeated it. So I'll say it again. I'm sorry that I said you were a jag, just a guy who's an average wide receiver that you're a first-round pick on that isn't doing anything. I hope today that you actually show up in a way that you haven't showed up in the last couple of years since they drafted you. So if you ever got a problem with Agent 89, I'm sorry for saying that you're an average wide receiver that they eventually will move on. And when teams call me and asking, should they trade for you, 
I will say no. Don't trade for Jerry Judy because he's mentally unable to handle constructive criticism from people who watch specifically. Can he be a wide receiver? He could be a wide receiver. He's a tier three. Go back into the studio. Wow. All I know when I watch that is I need to get Steve Smith on awake and take. What a firework he could bring here. But, Alan, uh, when you saw that video, how did it make you feel? Who Who's the guy that's with Steve Smith in that interview? What's his name? Do you know what that interviewer's name is? Uh, it's, that's, uh, it's Mike something, I think. Right. Garofolo, right? Or something? Yes. Yes. Yeah. My, my favorite part is Mike Garofolo going, like, total, like, like every comedian that makes fun of like white people, like, hey, how you doing? I'm like, Ninja, what's that? Like, you know, like that was the best part of the whole video. Now, going back to Steve Smith has always been a firecracker. And it's like, it's funny because what he said wasn't even anything that crazy. Like he was basically saying Jerry Judy has been average and he hasn't performed like a first round pick. And he's right. He wasn't calling him a bust. He was just saying that he's failed to meet expectations. And what do you do? I mean, I guess when I was 24, I was probably a little hot under the collar, too. But the correct answer, if you're Jerry Judy, is saying, you know what? Steve Smith, he's an all-timer. He's right. I need to play better. But, you know, it, it didn't go that way. And Steve Smith, I, I, were, you, uh, were you watching football, you know, eight years ago? Yeah, okay, yeah. So you know. But anyone that's that, that knows Steve Smith, man, this guy, he he's like a small guy that just like is a bulldog. So he was reserved and calm there. So I thought it was fair criticism. It was great. Steve Smith's a great entertainer. This is a viral clip. It's only going to up Steve Smith's profile. And yep. Jerry Judy comes out looking like um, the stinker here. And you know what? Everything Steve Smith said last night kind of came true. Yeah, it did. And I mean, I, I saw it go even a little bit further. There was another clip later where Jerry Judy was just kind of hanging around dancing behind Steve Smith, really trying to taunt him and everything. It was cringe. <laughs> it, it's pretty cringe. Isn't yeah. it? <laughs> it was cr and by the way, Jerry Judy's best play last night, Jason, was the tackle he made on Russell Wilson's interception. <laughs> <laughs> Which one, Alan? <laughs> Which interception? Russell Wilson. You know what I'm talking about, that first one, right? Because like, it was yeah. a nice tackle. Maybe Jerry Judy can convert the cornerback. Just, I mean, hey, special teams has a use for players like Jerry Judy. I, I like what you brought up about the whole ninja point because when I watched this, it kind of reminded me of back in the day, the old Kanye West and uh, Michael Meyer, Michael Mayer, whatever, it doesn't matter. Michael Meyer, that video. <laughs> yeah. Talking about George Bush mm -hmm. and Michael Meyer's just sitting there like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's it's funny when, you know, and Steve Smith was, you know, he was, he didn't really need to have that part of the story, but now that's like one of the best parts of the video. This is an all-timer. This is Bart Scott saying, you know, uh, this is Joe Namath saying, I'm going to kiss you to, uh, what's, uh, I forget the female broadcaster. To me, this is Mount Rushmore social media clip right here because yep. it's got all the uncomfortable elements to it. Everyone loves Steve Smith. This is fantastic and um, yeah, it's going to be talked about for years to come. It is, and it couldn't have been more perfect. As I mean, I shared the show sheet with you yesterday before the game, and we had already, of course, planned to talk about Jerry Judy. And it has not only provided an entertaining segue, but a fantastic segue. Jerry Judy, the rumors of him being traded are back in full swing all offseason. That was one of the hottest topics is that a Broncos wide receiver would be moved. Reports are coming out that he's supposed to be moved before the trade deadline, and it is basically set in stone. Even some NFC executives have come out and said that they've had some internal discussions, which is interesting given that's the other conference that he's going to. Alan, I wanted to ask you this. Where do you think he's going? 
Not, I mean, would you want him on your team after last night, right? Like, yeah. So Steve Smith basically was saying, right, because he's yeah. a legendary Panther, and I think that yeah. the most common place that we had him earmarked for was the Panthers. Right. But it sounds like that Steve Smith was inferring that the Panthers organization is asking him, "What do you think of this guy?" Like they trust yeah. him in that organization, and then it sounds like that Steve Smith saying that this guy is soft, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. whereas I would have agreed that the Panthers would be the most likely. Uh, landing spot. I'm not so sure that that is after this little spectacle last night. Yeah. I, and I think that's a great point. I mean, as Steve Smith said in the clip, if a team calls, I'm going to tell them not to bring him in. And I, I would guarantee that the Carolina Panthers are calling Steve Smith, given what he's done for that franchise, how good he was for them, the position he plays, how spot on he's been with analysis. I mean, one of the only guys on Cooper cup before Cooper cup broke out. I mean, like he's a very, very good scout so uh his opinion holds a lot of weight i do still think he'll be moved though so let, let's let's move away from the panthers is there another team that you think could potentially be interested here well we saw again last night in this game the only one that has a pulse is mr pfizer right kelsey nine for nine for 130 plus after that yeah reishi rice is is there look yeah. let's let's go back that you know they let tyreek hill basically walk out the door they got some picks for him and they won the Super Bowl. So everyone assumes they don't need the, the uh, wide receiver to win the championship. They've already won a championship. But what we saw when Kelsey's knee buckled a little bit yeah. last week, yep. that had to stop. That had to wake them up. That they might need a player, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is a zero, right? Sky yeah. Moore is just not coming through. Rishi Rice looks good, but it's, you know, he's still a rookie. Mm-hmm. I th- still think that even, you know, the Chiefs are in play here. Now everyone will automatically say they're not going to trade in division. Right. I, I I never understood that. If you think a guy is good, don't trade him. And if you don't want him on your team anymore, definitely trade him in your division. So <laughs> I think the Chiefs are going to be interested, um, especially since their pick projects to be at the end of the round. So Jerry Judy's on that last year of his contract. It's more of a rental. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody pays a late third round pick and then maybe like gets Judy and a fifth rounder back. I, I don't mm-hmm. know exactly what the price will be, but Chiefs, um, even though that's a, that would be my, I have a couple other ideas, but that's the one that I think that the, after last night, you could easily see that needs a wide receiver, even if it's not Judy. Yeah. No, I, I love that spot a lot. And we've talked about kind of teams that need wide receivers all off season too. I think the bills could be another one as well as yes. Gabe Davis has been getting the volume and it's coming off another Gabe Davis boom week, but they could definitely use someone outside of Stefan Diggs. I think that could be a fun one. And I mean, still, I mean, we'll, we'll see if the Panthers happen for sure. Let's put a fantasy football spin on this before moving on. Would you be trying to target Jerry Judy in, let's say, Dynasty Leagues uh, before or after this trade goes through? Yeah, I uh, I, w- I love Jerry Judy coming out. I was taking him over C.D. Lamb incorrectly in a lot of drafts. Um, so I, I unloaded. Uh, I-, I think if he hasn't really broken out, and actually that's not 100% true because the last five games of last season, he was like a top five wide receiver, which is why I thought he's going to break out. So if you want, if you were the type of fantasy player, Jason, that can, that likes to run into a burning building. And I think that's a good strategy. Jerry Judy's never been cheaper. Like for example, what if I offer, like, would you take Tank Dell for him right now? Or would you rather have Jerry Judy? I might actually rather have Tank Dell, which I think is crazy to say. Right. So if you want Judy, and you have right. someone like Dell on your roster, you can get him because I think most people will agree with that. So that's how you buy low on a player that's a fir- former first-round pick that could get an upgraded situation. 
Yeah, I'm definitely trying to buy Jerry Judy right now. I mean, it, sometimes new situations are what's needed for a wide receiver to break out. And I mean, you mentioned last season, he looked good. He still had almost a thousand yards on that Denver Broncos offense. That was putrid last season, like, like beyond putrid. It was awful trying to watch them play football. And Jerry Judy had a okay season. So I, I do think that better days are ahead from him. Go ahead and try to buy him now and probably still try to buy him after, especially if he doesn't go for a lot of draft capital. Like if he goes for a third, fourth round pick, then I mean, that shows that NFL teams don't really value him that much, which means you should be able to get him maybe even a little cheaper. Let, uh, let me give I, you let me give you another one. Let's say that like you're sitting there and you have Deontay Johnson on your roster. Which one of those players would you rather have? Deontay's been out the whole year. Right. He's projected to come back after the bye. Would you rather have a 27 year old Deontay Johnson on your roster, or would you rather take Jerry Judy? Let's assume Panthers for a second, okay? Let's just yeah. say that's the spot. Yeah. I which mean, one of those for, guys would you rather have? For me, I'd I'd rather have Judy, but I do definitely think that you you could get that deal done. The, the people love Deontay Johnson. I've never figured out what it is, why people love Deontay Johnson so much. I think he's good at football and a solid option, but I, he doesn't have as much ceiling as a young former first-round pick from Alabama that Jerry Judy has. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on. We talked a little bit about Thursday Night Football. Let's just give a couple takeaways here. It was it was a stinker of a game, 19-8. to eight which I, I saw was the first time that scores happened since I believe it was the thirties, but almost a hundred years since that score has happened in a football game, not even in the Super Bowl era. We call that a score gami here. Um, Alan, you watched this game. You talked about the chiefs wide receivers a little bit. Is that your takeaway or do you, do you have something else when you watch this game? Yeah. I mean, Rishi rice was the, literally the only wide receiver to, to look like he had a pulse. I, I think that that is uh, interesting. I think the, the dynasty buy window is once again, open for Patrick Mahomes. This happens every once in a while. Okay. Like beginning in dynasty startup season, you couldn't touch Patrick Mahomes. He's QB seven or eight on the season, something like that. And he's having a down year, but he doesn't, he's got this tremendous floor, which is why now, again, I'm not saying you're going to get him cheap. You're not going to get him cheap. It's just sometimes the uh, the the store owner of Patrick Mahomes o- opens the lock, and he had another modest game. So mm-hmm. if you have you know Joe Burrow, if you have Anthony Richardson, even though he's injured, this is an opportunity to add to it to get up to the Patrick Mahomes level. If you if you believe in him, which I mean, why yeah. wouldn't you? Um, there's going to be other quarterbacks, maybe presumably for the rest of the year, rest of the two years that finish ahead of him. But you like Patrick Mahomes in your dynasty leagues because of the longevity in the floor. So that's another takeaway is that this is a down season and you, and you have to take advantage of that in fantasy football. Yeah. I, I love that call. The other show I do here for player profiler is the trade gods with Maddie Kiwum. And we discussed that very idea all the time. And especially on this week's episode, we talked about, you can now finally buy Justin Jefferson. It's not that the price has changed, but he's become obtainable. And sometimes that's all it takes to get these superstars. It's just the fact that they're even on the trade block in general is a massive sign and a really good option. So, yeah, I love the call of trying to buy Patrick Mahomes. The, the, the points haven't quite been there yet. They've only had one game over 30 points this season and just only put up 19 against the Broncos where, I mean, they were allowed 70 to the Dolphins, right? I mean, they've, they've been terrible. <laughs> two, two other takeaways. I'll just be quick with them from last night's yeah. game, and I'm curious what you gleaned. I mean, I, Isaiah Pacheco is, is a workhorse, right? I mean, I, that's not surprising to anyone that watches your show. But he yeah. started slow. 
Uh, Clyde Edwards uh, Hilaire. I mean, that's you know that ship has sailed. That's like kind of like a running joke in dynasty and in art in in the player profiler world. I mean, yeah. you know, nobody has him that that watches your your network. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I mean, a true workhorse. I mean, if we redrafted today in our redraft leagues, Isaiah Pacheco would probably go in the second round. I mean, that's he was going yeah. in the seventh and eighth round of redraft. I mean, he is locked in. Jarek McKinnon is kind of relegated to like the modest pass catching role, and then on the other side, the running backs. True three-headed committee, right? You cannot touch any of these guys. I wouldn't drop Jaleel McLaughlin because I liked what I saw with him. And P. Ryan only had, what, two touches? One of them was the game-sealing fumble. So uh, if we can get this thing to a two-headed committee, I I still think there's there's fantasy upside for Javante and Jaleel. Yeah, definitely. I think they both passed the eye test, too. It was just, it's cool to see Javante Williams even play football week one coming off his injury, but then to come off this out off of missing last week with an injury and come back and look okay. I mean, no one on the Broncos really looked that great yesterday, but, uh, and I do think uh, P. Ryan left with an injury. I, the severity of it, of course, hasn't come out. It's only Friday morning, but if that turns into something where he's missing a few weeks, I do like that backfield. I do think that McLaughlin and, and Williams could be a very good one two punch. My big takeaway, though, is, and I've talked about it probably too much on this show, especially this season, is that I don't like any of the Chiefs wide receivers. I'm not starting any of them. I'm selling every single one. However, after last night, Rasheed Rice looks really, really good. And I do think that that ceiling is there now. I, I had been a little bit reticent to call it, but I think after watching this game, seeing the explosion after the catch, he had a, two catches where he caught it in traffic looked very explosive after he looks big too. I mean, like watching him run, like he looks bigger than some of the corners and liner linebackers that he's running past. So past the eye test for me might be trying to buy Rasheed Rice before he has a ceiling game. I know he's had a couple touchdowns already, but I don't even know if he scored over 10 points since week one. So, Let me ask you this, uh, Jason, if you're in like a dynasty or keeper league and, okay. and, and it like pick one seven in your rookie draft, you took Quentin Johnson. Would you offer him straight up for Rasheed Rice at this point? Yeah, I think I would. I think I would. It's a very good question and still kind of close. I mean, this week is a huge test for Quentin Johnston. A lot of people have been saying, well, you know, you can't write off QJ yet. He was, you know, a lot of times rookies don't get bumped up until after the bye week. They regame plan. They figure things out. But also, I mean, I feel like that week, two weeks ago, the first week without Mike Williams should have been an opportunity, especially since there was no Austin Eckler. Now Austin Eckler's coming back. Keenan Allen's playing phenomenally. Josh Palmer is not letting anyone jump him on the depth chart. I believe Jalen Guyton is going to be making a return here in the next couple weeks. Not that he takes a lot of volume, but he still stretches the field. So I don't, there's not that much there for Quinnen Johnston unless like Keenan Allen gets hurt. But then if Keenan Allen or Austin Eckler, God forbid, get hurt again, then, I mean, we're just talking about a Chargers offense that is down to the middle of the pack anyway so yeah i do like that i do i mean you have to make these moves before they happen if qj comes out and has a stinker like barely you know plays like 35 percent of snaps or 40 percent of snaps and has six targets for one catch in eight yards then you can't even get that deal done so if you like rice and you're dubious about qj you make that deal before the game definitely definitely and i It'll just bring up a good point just real quick before we just move on to Sundays is it's okay to lose trades because at the end of the day, you've bet on yourself, you've bet on your own thoughts, and it's a good process to move away from a player you don't believe in. You don't have to roster people just because other people say that you should. So if you want to move on from Quentin Johnston, of course, no one here at Player Profiler is going to fault you for it. 
but no one should either, especially if you're making a move for another rookie wide receiver attached to a great offense like the Chiefs and Rasheed Rice. Can I ask you one more Thursday night take? You could just do it lightning yeah. fast. Yeah, of course. Um, do you think Russell Wilson's going to get benched in the next three weeks for Jared next, Stidham? I don't know about next three weeks, but I do think that it will happen at this point in the season. I put together stashes every single week for the Player Profiler Twitter. Uh, this goes along with Theo's waiver wire thread and article. And I've had Jarrett Stidham on there for Superflex League since week two because, A, he looked pretty good on the Raiders last week, and Sean Payton has way too much of an ego to let Russell Wilson continue to taint this team. So I, I do believe that they'll bring out Jarrett Stidham, if only to save face at some point. Love that guy. Jarrett Stidham. Jarrett Stidham. I, I mean, remember the preseason, uh, mm -hmm. his rookie preseason on the Patriots was busting out 80-yard runs. I mean, an electric football player. Yeah. Surprised he hasn't had a little bit more opportunity. He was like, I remember there was a point where he was like QB 18 in Dynasty when it was speculated that he could get the job, you know? Yep. That, uh, so. yep. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny how things change. It's oh, funny yeah. how things change. That's why we love Dynasty. Let's, uh, let's start talking about some, some week six. But before we do that, we've got to hear from our sponsors over at Sleeper. Hey, we're all starting new fantasy leagues all the time. And more often than not, where do we start our fantasy leagues at Player Profiler? On Sleeper. Because it's the best. You can imagine my excitement when I saw Sleeper rolled out. Sleeper picks, baby. And game stacking is the path to positive returns with these pick'em games. Find that sneaky shootout and set most of the players to go over their projection for that week. Or you find a game going to get dragged into the mud and take every member of the passing game for less than their projections that week. And if you pick up to eight, that's how you 100x your payout on Sleeper. It's called the Hail Mary. So if you use promo code UNDERWORLD, you get a $100 instant deposit match. Check out Sleeper's terms and conditions for details. These Sleeper picks are live in over 25 states. Yeah, buddy. Go sign up for Sleeper if you haven't. Don't know what you're doing. Best place to play fantasy football. I don't know how many leagues you got on Sleeper. Uh, 41 to be exact. And, but I also like their pick'em games. They have really yes. good pick'em props over there. It's a really clean interface. So that's, definitely. that's another reason to get over there. Definitely. Definitely. So Jason and Alan, we're back. We're talking about week six. We're previewing it. The best way to start with the preview is talk about who's playing, who's not playing injuries to keep an eye on before we give you our takes. And so I'm just going to quickly read through some did not participates, and then you can maybe fire back with some thoughts if you, if you feel like it. But uh, Sam Laporta did not did not practice, and neither did Jameer Gibbs on the Lions, looking like both of those guys are trending towards not playing. Daniel Jones did not participate with a neck injury. There have been videos this week of Saquon Barkley taking snaps from Tyrod Taylor, so it is looking like Taylor will probably be getting the start this week. Bears running backs, Khalil Herbert, Roshan Johnson, both did not participate. Could be a Deontay Foreman game. Tank Dell still not practicing as well with his concussion. For me, I want to see if John Mechie could maybe slot into that role. And then a couple players are out. Deshaun Watson and Traylon Burks are reported as out for their games as well. And just real quick, limited participants, players that have been out the past couple weeks that are looking like they'll be returning. Keontae Ingram, T. Higgins, Austin Eckler, Jeff Wilson, and maybe even some Taekwon Thornton action. Lots of names thrown at you. Yeah. See, I think you do a, uh, a service here. See, a lot of people, you know, they have their notifications turned on, but 
you know, they come late. There's a lot yeah. of them. People miss them. So you're really just parsing out like the fantasy relevant, important stuff. You're you're mm -hmm. like a video notification for people. So no, I I know like sometimes you're just reading the list and you're going through. You do this every day. It kind of seems mm -hmm. routine, but you really are providing a nice service for people that watch the show. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I feel like it's it's honestly the most important thing to know. I mean. The, the practicing and everything is good. I try, I try to limit it to the fantasy football relevant players, and I try to limit it to just did not participate. So a lot of times we see the limiteds these days. I think the guys that, are out there. Yeah, I think a lot of fantasy football podcasts make the mistake of going too deep into like regular football. And again, nothing wrong with that. Going, but yeah. it's like I can get regular football in another podcast. When I'm watching a fantasy show, I want to see fantasy relevant. Like all this I care about is how to set my lineup, what's what I'm missing, I you know, all that type of stuff. So yeah, the the um of those guys, I mean, you know, you, you named the, the the Chicago backfield. That's the yeah. one I wanted to zero in on. Um right. I couldn't believe that people were putting these massive bids on like Roshan and just like leaving Deontay Foreman for free. Like yeah. fantasy football is played in like these very week to week short windows. And Deontay Foreman was good last year, right? Mm -hmm. he, yeah. He's been good ever since he's uh, come back from the Achilles uh, and had an opportunity. I, I was being a little more aggressive than I should on Foreman. He was actually uh, one of my favorite plays this week in DFS against Minnesota. I, I, yeah. I love Foreman. I, I was shocked. Nah, not shocked. That's the wrong word. I was surprised when he's been a healthy and active, but it made sense because mm -hmm. he was more playing the Khalil, the Khalil Herbert's backup. He might have that backfield to himself this week, man. I, yeah. I think that he's going to end up being DFS chalk. Uh, if not, I'm certainly going to be on him. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a great call, I, especially if Roshan Johnson doesn't end up clearing the concussion protocol. I mean, he's going to have a, a lot of volume against a Minnesota Vikings defense that hasn't really been able to stop much at all this season. So I like that a lot. So guys, all those names I listed, make sure you, you keep track of them this weekend. Let's, uh, you hinted at something. I got, you, you talked about the Bears. Mm -hmm. You talked about starting Deontay Foreman. Is yeah. he perhaps your must start or do you have someone else? Yeah, no, Deontay Foreman's a must start. Like if he's sitting there in your dynasty league and you've just been buried on your bench because you're like, I'm not going to cut this guy. I mean, I am forcing him into my lineup. Like, for example, you don't know if, if Saquon Barkley is going to play, right? So, right. and that's a Monday night game. I, I'm not waiting around for Saquon Barkley and then having to put like Matt Breida or, or like Paris Campbell in my lineup. I'm gonna. I'm so feeling good about Deontay Foreman as a must start this week that I would start him and just be like, if Barkley plays, I missed out on Barkley's points. Like I think Foreman is his. I would rank him as a top twelve to fourteen running back this week with the buys. So, um, and that again, the it's any running back could fail at any time. But Chicago with Justin Fields playing better, this is mm -hmm. gonna open it up for him. So he would definitely be my first must start. Also in that same game. Not that you have Alexander Madison and benching him, but I feel like with the injury to uh, Justin Jefferson, you know, we're all trying to speculate which wide receiver is going to get the uptick in volume. Maybe they're just going to run the ball more. So yeah. I am confidently playing Alexander Madison this week. Okay, okay. I don't. I, I don't. I'm. I'm a big Cam Akers stand. So I just I, for some reason I've never been able to move on from Cam Akers. So both. Playing both. Doing both. Screw it. Yeah. Screw it. I am my must start, and I'm going to stay within this game. I'm starting Jordan Addison. I think that a lot of people are questioning it this week, but A, this is a philosophy thing. There's a ton of players that this works with, but if you're rostering a player and the person in front of them gets injured, 
and then you don't start them the next week, what are you doing? Why do you have them on your roster? This is exactly what you've been waiting for with Jordan Addison. This is his time, and it's against a terrible defense with no cornerbacks in the Chicago Bears. Kevin O'Connell said that they're going to uh, press the gas pedal with Jordan Addison's usage this week. He said no pun intended. Pun was definitely intended there, but I, I'm definitely starting him. I've seen, I saw a comment on yesterday's show, you know, Jordan Addison's been limited with an ankle injury. I, I don't care about a limited with an ankle injury. When the head coach is saying they're going to increase their usage and fully letting him go, you've got to start Jordan Addison. Yeah. Justin Jefferson hogged so many of the targets yep. that there is now like, so much opportunity for fantasy goodness with the rest of the Vikings. Mm -hmm. So whether it's Jordan Addison, yes, you're starting him. KJ Osborne, yes, you're starting him, right? I mean, yeah. he he's he's more of like a blocking wide receiver, but he had what nine targets last week. He's already shown that he could pop in fantasy. Any of the uh, Minnesota Vikings that you have that you want to start? I said Madison. You say Cam Akers. Fine, like whichever <laughs> one. Yeah. He might be wrong, and it could go somewhere else. It could be uh, what's that guy's name? Brandon Powell might ha yeah. might even have a touchdown this week. But in this matchup, given that the the hog, you know, the ball hog is gone. Yep. I mean, I've I've been on like sports teams where our best player who averaged like thirty eight points a game just like sat out a game, and like everyone else got paid. You know, guys that were scoring like six points a game in basketball went up to like fourteen points that game. So any yep. Viking you want, I, you could sell me on that. They're a must start this week. Yeah, definitely. Let's move on to the sits then. Who are you sitting this week? Elijah Moore, right? Okay. I, yeah. I don't uh, – P.J. Walker presumably is going to be the the quarterback. Um, maybe it will be as bad as DTR last week. Maybe it won't. Uh, you know, uh, Walker's been in games. I don't even know if he – you know, he's been fluttering back and forth between the ancillary league. So mm -hmm. if you have Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, any of the Browns uh, pass catchers, David and Joku – break ties in favor of the other guy. So, for example, a lot of people are going to be sitting there looking, okay, I have Jacoby Myers or Amari Cooper. Jacoby Myers, right? Yeah. So any Browns pass catcher, given no Watson, uh, would be, especially against the 49ers, right? Uh, mm. I, I would sit all of my Browns, except if you're in a pinch, maybe with Jerome Ford as your only you know living running back right now. Yeah, I, I love that call. Uh, yeah, I'm not starting any Brown right now, especially against the 49ers. For me, I think you've got to sit really all of the commanders against the Falcons this week, except for maybe Brian. Well, actually, probably any of them, really. I mean, they're a very good rush defense, but I'll hone in specifically on Terry McLaurin. Uh, the, the Falcons have been very, very good against wide receiver ones. When they played the Panthers, Hayden Hurst was the leading receiver with only 40 yards. When they played the Lions, Amon Ross St. Brown went off, but he's not a traditional number one. Josh Reynolds was completely shut down, didn't even have a catch. Romeo Dobbs against the Falcons only had two catches. Calvin Ridley only had two catches for 30-something yards. Lucky he scored a touchdown. Nico Collins last week, only 30-something yards as well. Terry McLaurin, A, hasn't been doing that great this season, but still definitely not going to get right against the Falcons this week. Don't expect like Sam Howell to... Jahan Dotson, Brian Robinson, really any of those commanders. What do you think about that one? Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And sometimes, depending on the depth of your league, you're pushed into this. Like, I'm in leagues where I would kill to have Brian Robinson starting in my lineup just because I had Nick Chubb. I have, you yeah. know, Jameer Gibbs, who's, you know, it, it hasn't done anything. So uh, I'm sitting there starting you know, like Tyler Algier, because I went heavy wide receiver or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, it, all everything depends on your league, but it's just in a neutral setup there. 
Yeah. Sure. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, excellent call. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Let's talk some upsets then. You know, this isn't fantasy football, but in the NFL world, who is going to surprise people this weekend? Oh, I love the Colts uh, plus four on the road this week. Uh, I think that right now the the Colts against the Jaguars, uh, the Colts, I think, are a better just like team with Gardner Minshew right Mm -hmm. now. Anthony Richardson, I'm with you that he's going to the moon and for fantasy football, nothing better. But this is, you know, Josh Downs, for example, the rookie wide receiver on the Colts. 12 targets the last time in week three when Minshew was there. They're utilizing all of their different parts. And Jaguars are coming off this high two-week trip where they just crushed it. They're coming back from a long trip in uh, overseas uh, mm-hmm. in England. I think the Colts are set up right here. Getting points. I know it's a divisional game and it's always tough. But that's why you see the Colts looking, exploring for other players. They're in. They see this as a winnable division. This is yeah. my favorite bet of the week. It, it opened at four. Let me just see. It might have gone up a little bit. Uh, no, it's still at four. Anything over three, like in, I might even take the money line on the Colts to upset the Jaguars this week. I like that call. I like that call a lot. And bringing up the two weeks in London, I think, is a great way to look at it. I mean, they're going to be a little bit lagged. Uh, and divisional games, as we saw even last night, the Broncos made it at least close against the Chiefs. So divisional games, always something to watch. I like that call a lot. I've got three really quick ones. I'll, I'll just keep it brief. I've got maybe the Patriots over the Raiders looking to bounce back. I assume Bill Belichick has some tricks up his sleeve to stop Jimmy Garoppolo and Josh McDaniels. But who knows, right? Josh McDaniels could have the same exact thing for Bill Belichick. I did you see, way. Jason, did you see this, like, Will Greer talk at all? Yes, I did. I did. I Maybe did. explain that to the people, like, what yeah. could happen here. Yeah, so so for the audience, there's been some recent developings that if Mac Jones isn't to go or if they do move on from Mac Jones, it won't be Bailey Zappi that there are some rumblings that they'll actually be turning to Will Greer, the former uh, Cowboy backup. So uh, could definitely be something to watch this Patriots team in general. It's just a dumpster fire right now. feel like, you know, just getting right against Josh McDaniels and the Raiders seem, seems like something that could happen. Uh, well, you know, that's football. <laughs> totally, totally. Someone just offered me two second-round picks in a dynasty league for Mac Jones um, in a super flex. Uh, I, I feel like that's selling low, right? I it mean, is. This Matt, let's say Mac Jones gets benched for Will Greer, and I, I know you got to move along the show, but – it seems like Mac Jones will have another opportunity at some point to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Definitely. I mean, we see Sam Darnold is still getting opportunities and it's not like, I I mean, Mac Jones hasn't had the fairest of shakes. He looked pretty good. His rookie year had Matt Patricia last year. And now we're just watching really the collapse of Bill Belichick and the Patriots in general with him. So I do think that he'll have another chance. I wouldn't sell that low Allen. If you could maybe get like, see if you could get Desmond Ritter in a second or something like that. Like I, I asked I, for James Cook and a and a second. I thought that be you know like yeah. the idea of not giving back a quarterback would be appealing to this guy. He he auto can he yeah. auto uh, rejected. I, I felt like that. I think that was a fair counter, Alan. That was a good yeah. one. You should you should do fantasy football content for a living. <laughs> good man, you're a good man. <laughs> All right. So what about got- uh, Bears over Vikings? Staying within the division, a game we've talked about a couple times. The Vikings know Justin Jefferson. Justin Fields playing hot. I think they could keep things rolling. And then Titans, I think, match up really well against the Baltimore Ravens. I could be seeing a vintage Derrick Henry game this week, keeping things really close and disgusting. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens haven't really looked too fantastic. They only scored 10 points last week. I think that they could continue to stay slow, and the Titans could catch them sleeping. 
Do you play uh, Survivor Leagues? Are you in Survivor? I should. I should. Oh my God. Survivor is the best game. For those who don't know, really quick, basically, you pick one NFL team to win, no spread every week. And if you get it right, you move on mm-hmm. to the next round. If you get it wrong, you're out. The only caveat is you can't pick the same team twice. So if you pick the Chiefs, you can never use the Chiefs again. So. Again, I'm a, a survivor, not the Lemba this week, but I'm deciding whether to take the Dolphins, who are you know big favorites in, uh, who are they playing, Carolina? And then, yes. yeah, or Buffalo, who are big favorites against the Giants. Now, they'll probably both win and move on, but which one of those two teams do you like and which, you know, if uh, in Survivor, knowing that you can never use them again? So I guess really the question is, which one of those do you prefer to save? I think I prefer to save the Bills. That's, a, that's where I landed also. Yeah, I think I'd like to save the Bills just because I think they're a little bit more consistent. I know the Dolphins have had that ceiling, but they could also have a game where Tua throws a couple interceptions, no touchdowns, and they lose, surprisingly. Or lose Tua. (laughs) Or lose Tua, yeah. So so (laughs) go ahead and use them. I think that that's smart. Harry Snowman said the same thing. Yeah, and I landed on uh, the Dolphins, too. Now, at least I have someone to blame if I lose this week, guys. (laughs) Harry and Jason. Thank you, thank you, thank yeah. you. Just, just, just using me so you can have an excuse if it goes. Next wrong. year, hit me up if you want it. It's a twenty-five dollar entry survivor, and there's okay. uh, three thousand people in the pool, so there's a nearly okay. eighty thousand dollar prize. Oh yeah, I'm definitely in. Sign me yeah. up. That sounds good. Yeah, next I'm year, hit me up. <laughs> cool. And finally, Alan, before we you know answer some questions in the chat and everything, give us a hot take. It could be the season, could be the week. Just throw something hot out there for the airwaves. Yeah, I, this is. I, I thought this was hot. It sounds like it's going to be a little lukewarm, but a top five receiver this, this week is. Don't worry about Justin Jefferson. It's KJ Osborne who's going to have ten catches this week. You know, eight, maybe eighty to one hundred and ten yards somewhere in there, and a touchdown. I think KJ Osborne is going to be the best pickup. Now, again, he's a, a player that could have zero the following week, but. I think yeah. KJ Osborne is prime for a mega breakout, and I'm going to be using him in every DFS lineup. Um, you know, people are thinking of him as a punt play. I'm thinking he could be a, a, a slate breaker this week. Yeah, I, I like that call a lot. That is a very, very fun hot take. Thank you for that one. Let's answer a couple questions. I saw a lot of chat here, so thank you all for tuning in, guys. You know, I appreciate you every single morning. Great to see you. Uh, let's. How about see. your hot take of the week? My hot take for the week. Honestly, didn't even think of one. I, I I was putting you on the pedestal, but let's go with, off the top of my head, let's go with Kyle Pitts, 150 yards and two touchdowns this week. Yeah, that would that would uh that would make him go. Uh, oh, you know what? I, one before you take questions, this, I asked uh, Theo Greminger at Player Profiler this: Sam Laporta is tight end what in Dynasty? Top ahead. I'll go four. I'll go four. Okay, ready. I think tight end one, and I'll explain why while you're fielding the questions. Who's tight end one in your opinion? Like Mark Andrews, is that who you're going to say? Something like that? Honestly, just for me, it's still going to be Travis Kelsey. Okay, so right now in Dynasty, if I say to you, um, okay, I have Travis Kelsey. Here, take him. Give me Sam Laporta. Do you do it? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I would give Sam Laporta for Kelsey. Okay, all right. Well, then you truly believe that. See, I think that that is not what the Dynasty market would do. I think that— Right. So I think that there is a case that doesn't matter what tight end you're talking about, that if you give that, t- if you, um, if you have San Laporta, you will not give that tight, you will not give Laporta away for that tight end. You said for Kelsey, you would age 34 in dynasty. I know. I know. Yeah. I'm a win now guy all the time though. I, I don't like, I you don't can like win that. now with Laporta. You can win Maybe. now with him. Maybe, but 
But I do think that things will get my so I was the same reporter guy all offseason, but been touting him. And one of the reasons was Jamison Williams suspension, the targets being away. But I do think that as they ramp up Jamison Williams, this passing attack will become a little bit more consolidated. I don't think he'll have those Gronk-esque games, but still around. I mean, definitely ahead of Dallas Goddard and probably ahead of Kyle Pitts. But I think probably oh my God, but I think you've still got to put him behind Andrews, Kelsey, and Hawkinson for the time. Listen, anyone in my leagues that has Sam Laporta and where I have Andrews, come talk to me. I'll give you Andrews today for Laporta. It's, I mean, it's not a bad call. You're attached. Yeah. I mean, the Lions offense is better than the Ravens offense. I have to say that. So yeah. I don't mind that at all. All right. I'm screwing up the format of your show. No, no. No such thing. We we wake and take. We, we just keep things going. Let's see. Uh what would would you trade DeAndre Swift for Josh Jacobs right now? Uh, we'll ask for dynasty and redraft separately. Yeah, I think these these things are the same in this in this aspect. Is that yeah? Of course you take Jacobs, right? I mean mm-hmm. DeAndre Swift is producing better right now, but it, which one of these guys would you feel better about moving forward for their career if they were out for the season? Right? Which one? Like yeah. if if they both had an injury that just put them out for the season, which guy would you want more next year? I think that's the way to think about it. And if the answer is Swift, which was just you know traded for a fourth round pick, it's so easy to see like Rashad Penny being the Eagles running back in December. There is no way I see any other running back being the Raiders workhorse anytime this year. <laughs> no, I think that's a great call. I'm with you on Jacobs. I mean, he was just the RB one uh, so last year, so. A very, very good running back, and things aren't really changing for him. He's starting to get hot, too. I mean, he's looking like Josh Jacobs of last season, at least starting to. So I, I like that for sure. Would you start Jonu Smith, Chigo Quonquo, or drop eat one of them for Tyler Conklin this week? Yeah, start Janu, right? He's yep. All he's done is produce. Uh, Conquo is he, – he shouldn't even be on your – your team, unless it's a deep dynasty league. Other than that, like in redraft, he's on the waiver wire, hasn't done anything. Conklin's fine, but you don't really trust Zach Wilson. I guess, are you really trusting uh, Desmond Ritter? I mean, Janu's hot. He's producing. Um, yeah. If you want Conklin over Janu, no problem. But Janu is, for me, is the preferred preferred target. It seems like Arthur Smith is is dialing up stuff for him. Desmond Ritter trusts him. That's the guy. Yep, definitely. I'm with you there. Last one, talked about Deontay Foreman earlier in the show, but as Miles Sanders might be out again, or at least in Chuba Hubbard's usage is going up, would you do Hubbard or Foreman this week? Yeah, I mean, it's I can't tell you with any confidence that one is going to be better with the other, but if this was my team, I'm, I'm starting Deontay Foreman. He's fresh, hasn't been used, doesn't have all the dings, and the the you know he hasn't been hit 50 times a game. So I'm going to take Foreman against the Vikings rather than take Hubbard, who, by the way, that guy Raheem Blackshear, he might get called up to play a few snaps as well, whereas Foreman probably has like 90% of the work to himself. Yeah, yeah, and Blackshear's a good call, very sneaky guy. I would definitely be, if, if it comes out that Sanders isn't playing, I would definitely very quickly go snatch up Raheem Blackshear. He was a prolific receiving running back out of college, so I think that that role could end up being continued to be used. I will say if all circumstances are the same, if Hubbard is the 100% starter and Foreman is 100% the starter, I would probably lean Hubbard That's fine. only for game script. Only only for game script, right? Playing from behind against the Dolphins, getting some garbage time points more than likely. But it's a very good question. I don't think you could go wrong either way, they Jamie. Al- they also give like LaVisca Chenault some carries too. So yeah. you just have to be, yeah. be aware that he could steal a goal line. Whereas they get in close, it's going to be Foreman on the Bears. Definitely. Definitely. Do you have birds? Right, Do you have birds in your house? 
I do. Yeah, is he he, he coming through? <laughs> so do you yeah. do you have to like cover them at night and do that whole thing? Yeah, yeah I do the whole thing. I do the whole thing. Uh, and he, I'm telling you, he's very very attached to me. So it, yeah, we're going on 40 minutes. If I go like a good 20 without seeing him, he will do what he's doing right now. <laughs> nice. You got a you got an obsessed bird. I love it. I do. I do. I do. But you know, we love our animals. Alan, this has been a fantastic episode. Thank you so much for joining me. Why don't you tell the people what you're working on, where they can find you? Yeah, if, you, if you're on Twitter, at Alan Soslowski. And if you uh, have SiriusXM Radio, every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, we're on SiriusXM Radio, just getting you ready for your uh, fantasy drafts. We just, we talk, I'm sorry, drafts, fantasy lineup the week ahead. So, and then Rotowire YouTube page. So, at Alan Soslowski, Rotowire YouTube, Sunday mornings, 9 a.m., uh, SiriusXM Channel 87. Other than that, just hit me up anytime. I love talking to you people, uh, talking fantasy football, and uh, good luck the rest of the season. Don't give up, even if you're one and four. Don't give up. Yeah, I've won leagues before coming back from one and four down. Definitely, definitely. Happens every year that one of those last place teams end up in the playoffs after a nice little push. So don't give up. Audience, please go follow Alan, doing some great stuff. His Twitter handle, he already told you what it was, but it is down in the YouTube description. So go follow him over there. And I'll see you guys Monday. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you all Monday, 10 a.m. Eastern, here on the Player Profiler YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. You have a fantastic Friday, a wonderful weekend. Good luck on your matchups. Peace.